A first one that comes to mind because it's a typical pitfall for any change companies go through is only thinking about structure. Implementation of big changes without taking into account the change process itself, the impact on people or processes will for sure fail. Hello everyone and welcome on this new episode of the House of Marketing's podcast. My name is Jean-Marc. And I'm Eva. And today we meet you again for a new, very interesting marketing topic, organizational design. Indeed, super interesting topic, because it's key for the performance of your strategy. Yeah, exactly. You can have a great strategy, but if you don't have the organizational design to execute that strategy, you'll probably run into trouble. Absolutely. So... In this episode, we'll explain you how you can best develop a strong organizational design strategy to integrate ID marketing, as well as how any marketeer can have an impact on organizational design, even if you're not a decision maker. Nice menu, right? So we will actually leave the floor to Oliver and Sophie, who will tell you all about this, and then we meet you again at the end of this episode. All right, let's go. Thanks, Eva and Jean-Marc. My name is Oliver McAllister. I'm a senior manager at the House of Marketing. And as a consultant on projects, I get to help companies solve their business challenges. Over the past nine months, those challenges have been how to deal with the COVID pandemic mostly. As a marketing consultancy firm, we're positioned well to get a thorough understanding of the specific challenges our clients are facing today and which solutions could help them come out of this crisis stronger. That's why I invited my colleague, Sophie van Orde, so we can have a chat about exactly that. Hi, glad to be here to talk about a topic that seems to be on everyone's mind nowadays. Now, Sophie, as the head of knowledge at our company and having had first-hand experience in guiding companies through transitions, I know you're an expert on guiding marketeers through change and in shaping marketing departments to be future-proof. But for the people who don't know you yet, could you maybe briefly explain what you do at the House of Marketing? Well, I've been working at the House of Marketing for almost 10 years now. And I started in typical interim assignments, marketing manager, brand manager roles, in many different sectors. And gradually I evolved towards more general marketing consultancy. The last six years I've been focusing specifically on organizational design, meaning helping clients to find the right structure to enable their strategy setting the right processes and focusing on capability building. So I'm not only passionate about marketing, but also about what drives people, what unlocks their potential and what's behind successful organizations. And that's also the link with my internal position at Tom as head of knowledge, being responsible for our consulting business, the value propositions, but also the development of our people when it comes to marketing skills. Mm, that's a heap of experience, which I'm sure will come in handy for this podcast. So let's dive right in. With the global spread of the disease, we're seeing unprecedented speeds of change, mainly due to the unexpected shift on demand and supply side. What are some of the big trends you are seeing in the market that are challenging how companies do business today? What we're seeing now is that those companies that were embracing digital early on are reaping the benefits of their investments by remaining one step ahead of their competition or even in widening the gap with their competitors. The weight of competition in the omnichannel world seems to have shifted even more to the online world due to the challenges brought on by the coronavirus. 
We see that companies feel the pressure to keep up with this change of pace, wanting to reinvent themselves, to be, remain or become relevant. And what we're seeing now is that there are many new challenges popping up at companies, both internally, for example, think about the engagement of people due to COVID, the wish to work more agile or boost cross-functional collaboration, as well as externally with regards to digital or specific e-commerce capabilities, personalization, automation, using data and so on. Given the nature of these challenges, there's a major opportunity for the marketing department to lead this agenda and drive more business growth. So what you're saying, Sophie, is that the pandemic is favoring those companies that had already taken steps to become more agile and future-proof in their marketing, thinking and doing. But you see challenges remaining for all companies to adapt to a new reality, right? Are there big clusters of mistakes you see typically being made by companies today that aren't helping them to come out stronger out of this pandemic? The first one that comes to mind, because it's a typical pitfall for any change companies go through, is only thinking about structure. Implementation of big changes without taking into account the change process itself, the impact on people or processes will for sure fail. When I hear, we're going agile, we're automating everything, or we're in or outsourcing everything, I'm always a bit skeptical and, and want to make sure there has been some thought given to the impact on other domains. A second important inhibiting factor is the fear of change. This can be really paralyzing for some companies and of course also for some individuals as well. Often the challenge seems insurmountable. How do we remain customer-centric when there's so much more data out there? How can we transform into an agile organization with all our legacy? Or that fear often comes from a failed transformation project in the past. Last time we tried to change and it didn't work. So change really is a word with a lot of emotional connotation and not always positive for people. Mm -hmm. Another big barrier to successful change is a strategy which isn't built on solid foundations. Sometimes throughout the implementation process, companies lose track of what matters, their customer. The transformation always starts promising with a lot of vision and ambition, but throughout the process, because of politics or the nature of the change process itself that has its ups and downs, they lose sight of what really matters. And finally, one I also want to mention, because it happens more than it should, is not being in the driver's seat of the change. A lot of companies make the mistake of having an unhealthy dependency on external agencies or experts during a transformation without being able to pro properly challenge them. Once you decide to go for the change, you should own it. Really go for it and also know how to evaluate the progress. Mm, quite a few pitfalls there. Let's see if I can summarize them correctly. First, you mentioned not considering the change process itself and the inevitable impact the process will have on people. Secondly, I remember you saying people being afraid of change. There was a lack of solid strategy. And finally, you mentioned not driving the change internally. Right? Okay, so we know what typically goes wrong, but I'm also curious how you believe marketeers, our peers specifically, can deal with change better. In today's fast-paced and ever-changing world, how can marketing departments better cope with these changes than they are doing today? Some organizational design rules that I'll always apply are especially valid for marketeers too. Number one, don't push through change to your teams purely top-down. 
You need buy-in and change agents bottom-up to help you succeed. Work on leadership throughout the change, not just on the management of the change. I have a strong belief that leaders can change the culture and the organization, but only if they can change themselves too. Walk the talk, right? Then look for inspiration outside of your sector. Make sure you learn from what worked and didn't work in other companies and apply those learnings. Inform your, yourself about the common challenges and continue to do so during the change when you'll be encountering new hurdles along the way. Regardless of how you decide your way forward through any change, make sure you align on why you're moving forward. Define your goals first. Organizational design should never define your strategy. It's the other way around. Exactly. And another important rule that applies now more than ever is putting people first. Stick to customer-centric marketing. Regardless of how you use data, technology, processes, or how you're organized, always put the customer first in your marketing thinking and you'll be better positioned to beat competition. Secondly, ensure you work on building the capabilities of your own marketeers first by building a talent engine and equipping them with the right tools to do their job. Also, don't forget to put the right systems in place to incentivize the behavior you seek. And lead by example, of course. Actively look for the right combination of expert and broader profiles to challenge and complement each other. And build the capabilities that are of strategic importance internally. Don't rely too much on external partners if you don't have the capability to challenge their claimed expertise. And finally, don't be rigid, but be agile in your journey. Allow yourself to adapt your goals along the way, based on the new reality of the change process. Test and learn before you scale any change you implement. Engage your organization in the process. Design and co-create changes to test with people from every discipline and level of the company. Forget about closed doors. Let people in on the change journey. Yeah. To give you an example, we recently engaged in an interesting reorganization of one of our retail customers. Because of a previous negative experience with a reorganization, the leadership team was hesitant to involve the teams as they didn't want to accept them, which translates into giving them even more stress in COVID times. We explained our point of view, and after giving it some thought, they decided to follow our recommendation of involving the teams from the beginning. We gathered their feedback, held at least 12 working sessions, installed a multidisciplinary internal focus as of day one, and so on with a very positive effect on the engagement of the team. Great example. So to summarize, to maximize your chance of succeeding when changing your marketing organization, you need buy-in, you need to show leadership, you need to start with aligning on the goals before you jump into the change, you need to put people first, and allow yourself to be flexible and agile in the way you tackle the project. This seems like it's no small ask. I see plenty of opportunities for people going through that change to start questioning themselves or questioning the process. What are some of the typical questions you get from marketing managers struggling with change in their organizations? Gosh, there are so many. We get challenged by marketeers from all different types of industries on all seniority levels with many different questions. Many marketeers have day-to-day -day challenges on the use of tools and technologies in order to facilitate and automate their marketing activities while increasing their digital pedigree. We get questions on how to win the fight for the customer's attention in a very noisy and saturated digital world. For example, we want to boost e-commerce, but how should we structure the team to enable a substantial increase in sales? Mm -hmm. 
Several marketing managers have questions about upskilling their team's digital capabilities or are uncertain if they should look for skills in-house or outsource them. When it comes to innovation, for example, a lot of marketeers miss being able to bring a pipeline of ideas into reality. Scaling them also requires a process. Some people are questioning their current strategy and operations. For example, we developed a customer-centric strategy, but our structure and way of working is not in line. Or they want to evolve from a marketing communications department that is supporting brand and sales to a more strategic marketing department that is in the driving seat. Others are looking for strategies that include the power of data being harnessed in new ways to drive decision making. What we see more and more often is a failure to incorporate data in the entire marketing development process, which leads to failed product launches or inefficient go-to-market tactics. This is often linked to a lack of institutionalized experimentation in the marketing process too. It's imperative that marketing departments start thinking in terms of integrated data marketing, what we call at the House of Marketing ID marketing, rather than traditional marketing incorporating data here and there in the process. And something we heard a lot the last few months is we're too slow. Often that question is followed up by wanting to become more agile without going through a company-wide transformation. Indeed, data seems to be a topic on every marketeer's lips, at least in the companies I've been working in over the past few years. I know our colleagues are going to talk about integrated data marketing or ID marketing, as you call it, on a different podcast. I'm sure we could fill a few hours on that subject alone. Um, but to build on the questions we get as consultants, could you maybe give us two or three tangible examples of how you would typically tackle some of these questions? You're absolutely right. The power of data for marketing is still very much under leverage by many companies. Uh, but to give you some examples, one of our FMCG clients had to transform to an agile setup, but didn't feel confident with the setup as designed by the global headquarters. So together with the team, we redesigned and adapted the operating model to the local needs. We really started from the local challenges and opportunities, but also from what works, because all too often, people tend to forget about the existing strengths of an organization. Also here, we involved the different stakeholders early in the process and came up with a structure that was widely accepted by the teams. While preparing the implementation phase, we of course dived into the processes to ensure smooth collaboration with internal and external stakeholders, and we set up a new talent development program, from job descriptions, employer branding, to training journeys and evaluation setup. This last part is of course key to who we are as a company. Uh, as a consultancy firm, our people are our biggest asset. We invested a lot in their development, both in soft as in hard skills so that we could apply this knowledge in our projects too. Yes. Another typical example is the recent transformation of the marketing department of one of our retail clients. We typically follow a straightforward approach. Uh, we start from the diagnostic, we set the vision, design the blueprints, prepare and guide them through the implementation. All of this in a very collaborative setting. But what really makes the difference in a successful project is the fact that we're all marketeers. Being at the forefront of marketing since 25 years, we can sharpen our clients' vision. We can help them crystallize their strategy and even bring it to a higher level to really unlock its full potential. We bring in extensive knowledge, 
trend research and benchmarks from other sectors. But we also understand the day-to-day -day challenges until the very operational details, boots in the field, right? This makes that there's less risk of errors when designing processes. Indeed, boots in the field, hitting the ground running. That's what we hear, what, what our customers always ask for, consultants that can instantly integrate and add value. What you're saying, Sophie, sounds quite logical to me, going from diagnostics to an action plan. But I'm sure for people listening, it's not an easy process once you're really stuck in the complexity of a company dealing with change on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'm wondering, how can marketeers be sure that what you're proposing to do as a solution would also work for them? Well, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, right? Our company went also through quite a significant transformation these past few years, and a quite successful one. We were seeing an evolution in the demand market. Companies started looking for two distinct types of profiles. Well, our customers wanted both people who could navigate the general marketing landscape, so with a broader business background and excellent marketing skills, as well as people with a deeper specific knowledge, for example, of a certain technology, such as marketing automation, or digital skills in setting up acquisition campaigns, for example. And we saw the magic happening when these two profiles worked well together. And we took those insights and tried to develop both roles within the house of marketing. However, from a culture and structure perspective, it was difficult to attract, retain and develop these profiles from within the company. So we decided to set up an entirely different company, Uptrust, with a different management structure, different name, unique way of working and culture to be able to attract these I-shaped profiles. We then reshaped how we work at Tom to optimize the collaboration of T and I-shaped profiles and be able to propose this combination in the market. When launching this new company, we also applied a growth mindset and experimented quite a bit to get to the formula we have today, which seems to be working quite well. This is an example of how we were able to successfully answer the need of our customers and go to market with a solution in record time. And in addition, we have a system in place to capture insights and feedback on what works and what doesn't in the hundreds of projects we run every day in different sectors across our clients. Those insights feed our knowledge and expertise to deal with matters of change impacting marketeers on a daily basis. And I'm one of those marketeers. I feel so lucky that we've been able to apply our theoretical knowledge of change, both internally at our own company, the House of Marketing, as well as externally at our clients over the past few years. It always feels good when we can put plans into action and reap the rewards from it. But I can imagine to some of our listeners that they might be asking themselves the question, how did this really all apply to me? They might not feel empowered to weigh in on these big topics such as organizational change or agile transformation. Sophie, if you're a marketeer at one of our customers, but you're not a decision maker, how should you deal with all these changes? Are there ways you can better equip yourself for it? Or are there skills you maybe recommend they should build? Mm, there's a few elements I would advise everyone to consider. You can look at change as a mental state. Embrace change as an opportunity rather than a burden. Every day should be different and teach you new things about your marketing. We call this having a growth mindset. If you accept that life will continue to present you with challenges every day and you look at this as continuous learning opportunities, you will be well on your way to becoming an ambassador for change by having the right mindset. Secondly, acknowledge what you're really good at and build on that. 
some marketeers are specialists in their domain, having proficiency in a specific channel, tool, methodology, well, the so-called I-shaped profiles, while others have a broader marketing and project management background based on their cross-domain business experience, the, the T-shaped profiles. The combination of both profiles is what makes the marketing machine tick. You do not want to fall into the trap of not being either. So look for ways to either deepen your expertise or broaden your business and marketing acumen. Another element I'd like to suggest is to really understand that as a marketeer, your role in the company is to represent your customer and put them at the heart of your organization, regardless of your current marketing position, because it's likely you'll switch roles or scope in the future anyway. And finally, read up on BizWords, listen to podcasts or whatever, so that you're at least aware of changes in the marketing landscape. Be curious. There seem like some good pointers, Sophie. I especially liked how you phrase it. Except life will throw challenges at you every day and look at them as a continuous learning opportunity. And with that thought, I'm afraid we've run out of time for today. Um, I'm sure we could talk for another few hours on the subject. But for now, Sophie, I really want to thank you for your time. And I do look forward to discussing this and maybe even other subjects with you in the near future. Thank you too, Oliver. Always a pleasure. That was so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So if Sophie and Oliver got you interested, you can find more information at tom.eu slash agile. And uh, for those who don't know yet, Tom, the house of marketing, is with an H. So T-H-O-M dot E-U slash agile. But we will also put a link in the description of this episode. So don't worry. There you can find all the resources you need to start improving on your organizational design. And of course, if you need some more help, you can always contact our experts. Indeed, really do not hesitate to contact us. And also, as you noticed, we tested a new structure for this episode. So please let us know what you thought the best ways to use the stars on Apple Podcasts. One to five stars. Just give your genuine opinion. So that was it for today. Um, thank you for joining us and I hope to see you soon. Yeah, bye-bye.